Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 48, week 48, volume 48, number 48. Hey going guys, how's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. So this week's guest is Tim, formerly of Within the Ruins. All of that is coming up in the show. So this episode will be our last episode of 2018. Don't worry, we will be back at the start of next year. It's been a hell of a ride so far. 48 episodes achieved. A lot of amazing guests on our show. I have to take this moment to thank every single guest that has taken time out for the Mosh Zone. So appreciative, so thankful. And so much love and respect for them being able to put aside some time for me and the Mosh Zone. It's been amazing, some of the guests we've had. And very much constantly pinching myself at some of the people we've had. Some idols, some legends, and some absolute favourites of mine along the way. So thank you again to everyone that has been on the Mosh Zone. I've also got to thank everyone that's listening, of course. Thank you everyone that subscribes. Thank you everyone that downloads an episode. Thank you everyone that comes in and listens to the episode each and every week. Or thank you to anyone that just listens once off. Thank you so much for giving the Mosh Zone a chance. And if you're coming back frequently, thank you so much. I've also got to say thank you to anyone that has rated and reviewed the show. I've also got to say thank you to anyone that has subscribed and liked and constantly visiting our website and social medias it's invaluable to us growing this fan base and this media base of ours that people are subscribing to the website that they're liking and following our instagram our facebook and our twitter thank you everyone that does that on the regular thank you to anyone that likes anything we post on the regular much love we notice you thank you So before we get into the chat with Tim of Within the Ruins, I've also this week got to remind everyone, like last week, we need your help growing this show. So that means I need to ask if you've got some time, subscribe to the podcast on whatever service you're on, like the podcast on whatever service you listen to it on, and also if you've got some time, leave us a rating and a review. The reason ratings and reviews are so important We don't get paid in any way for that, but what it does is it helps get the podcast out to more listeners. There is an algorithm that works with the reviews and ratings that gets your podcast out to more people. So if you have a chance, give us a rating, whether it's one, whether it's five, doesn't matter, help us out. And if you also want to help us out, give us a review. Tell us what you like and tell us what you dislike about the weekly show. All of that is invaluable. Now, another part of helping us grow is we ask if you've got time, if you've liked an episode, make sure you tell your friends, your family, but also share it on your social medias, share it on your Facebook, your Instagram and Twitter. That's also an invaluable tool that helps us get out to more people and helps us grow the Mosh Zone community. So enough of my rambles. This week's guest is Tim, formerly of Within the Ruins. An absolute dude who gave us some time out of his busy, busy schedule. It was a good little insight to not only all about the man himself and the career he's had so far, but also about why he had to step away as the vocalist of Within the Ruins and also what musically is coming on the horizon. 
Thank you again, Tim, for taking time out for the show. Much appreciated. Much love. Much respect. That chat with Tim is coming up now. Do you remember the artist or the band that kind of made you discover music? It doesn't have to be a heavy band, but just some artist that you went, ooh, okay, and suddenly music was a thing you knew. Just music in general. Um, I'd say probably ACDC because my dad's like a biker guy. Nice. All his biker friends used to jam ACDC and stuff, and I think that was my first turn on to, I guess, music in general, yeah. So So was that your kind of in-way to heavy? Because they're relatively, I mean, you know, some people might say they're not heavy, but they are relatively. For the time, yeah. It was was, was heavy for the time, but uh, what got me into heavy music was uh, Pantera, Metallica, White Zombie, all that kind of stuff, and then, and then from there, kind of, I spiraled into all the subgenres, and you know how it goes from there. Pretty much the same for everyone, I feel like. So, was music around in the household? Like, was music? I mean, you said your dad, you know, played ACDC, but was the music a thing in the house? Um, not well. My my parents divorced when I was in first grade, so they they divorced when I was pretty young. Um, my mom not so much. She jammed like the. Uh, the soft R&B hits, mm-hmm. or like Celine Dion, Michael Bolton. I'm not hating on that stuff. I love Michael Bolton. But uh, uh, my dad was uh, was the one that introduced me to heavy music, and he had heavy music in, in the house and stuff when we would visit him on the weekends and stuff. So, When, when you were in high school, did, did you kind of associate yourself as an alternative rocker kid, or were you kind of like a jock? What were you during your high school years? My high school years, I was um, I was pretty much established as like a like a rocker, metalhead kid right off the bat. But I, I kind of got along with everyone. I got along with the jocks. I got along with the the comic nerds. I got along with pretty much everyone. So that that kind of played to my uh, my advantage there. Now, do you remember when music became a thing that you thought about doing, or was it kind of a late thought in your process? Um, it was, again, going back to my dad, so funny. Uh, he took me to my first two shows ever. First one was, um, the first Family Values Tour, which was Corn, Lip Biscuit, yeah. Ramstein. That was in 1998, so I was 13. And that, that's definitely, uh, because back then I was a guitar player when I was 13, 14. And I wanted to be a guitar player. And then he took me to see Pantera and the Deftones and Black Sabbath a year later. And um, when Pantera hit the stage, I was like, I saw Phil. I was like, no, I think I'm going to, I want to do that. So you, I want to come out and just kick ass. See, you're playing guitar. So why the guitar? Why was that the instrument you started on? Um, good question. I don't, I don't really know. Uh, my, my friend, one of my best friends at the time was playing drums. Mm-hmm. And his brother was a guitar player. And I just picked it up one day, I asked for a guitar for Christmas and it came with a couple lessons. So I learned some fundamentals and just kind of taught myself from there. I was never like a, a shredder, but I, you know, I could, I could hold the riff pretty good, but, um, yeah, once I started picking up the mic and stuff, that's where I really started to want to pursue it as a, as a living, as like a career. And, um, 
yeah, so it kind of went from there. I was in a high school band that uh, that played a bunch of like national act shows, had to sell tickets the whole nine, did all that. And then uh, from there, just hopped band to band until, you know, within the ruins. So, I mean, you obviously your father supported you being into music. Um, was there ever a conversation? Because, you know, growing up, if you say you want to be a musician, it's kind of... Some people turn their nose up at that, and and then mm-hmm. you're saying you want to be a musician in a heavy band. Um, yeah. What was the reaction from not only your father but also people at school? Were they telling you this is not right? You need to focus on something else. Um. Yes and no. That well, back then was a time when illegal downloading hadn't really surfaced yet. Mm-hmm. So there is a glimmer of hope for you know, people in bands to actually make money and Mm. earn an honest living. So there wasn't too much, um, too much doubt until I started touring actually, which Mm. is, you know, ironic, but, um, I started, I started touring in 2007. So once that started, I started coming home with, you know, no money, which which is going to happen the first couple of years you're touring. Don't expect to make any money kids. Um, (laughs) So I did that for a while. It started to look kind of grim, and then um, the band really hit its stride and started selling records and started making money on the road and stuff. And so my uh, my parents kind of supported me through everything. They're like, "If this is what you want to do, you know, you haven't asked us for money or anything, so mm. keep doing what you're doing. You're seeing the world, and and that's awesome." So it didn't really come to a head until recently, in the last couple of years, where the the uh, the income aspect of it kind of not plateaued. I don't want to, you know, go well, into just, detail. It just changed. But, yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. I, I had more needs as far as my personal life goes and all that, like rents and just basic adult stuff, you mm. know? <laughs> so vocally you, you switch over to the mic and obviously Phil mm-hmm. Anselmo is a big influence, but was there, any other influences that you were like, that's what I want to be, that's who I want to do, exactly what yeah. they do? Corey, Corey Taylor was another big one for me. A lot of people say that I sound and look like him. Um, mm, that's a that's yeah, that's a good compliment. Yeah, yeah, it is, for real. Um, yeah, when I first found Slipknot was when I was really getting into vocals and stuff, and that kind of, his, uh, his mid-range, I really... Uh, not molded mine after, but it was definitely like it laid the groundwork for for my mid range screams and all that. So, did that's you, definitely not another big one. Did you look at lessons, or did you just kind of self teach? Um, I did the the Zen of Screaming thing. I bought that yeah. DVD back in the day, and I kind of based the rest of my uh, teachings alone by myself that and then and, and talking to my peers once it, once we started doing bigger tours and with bigger names with uh, with dudes that i looked up to i would uh, pick we would pick each other's brains on technique and you know this this that and the other thing so that that definitely helped as well did you ever shoot out your voice has there ever been you know along the yeah, way yeah only only once on the road there was one stretch of touring that we did i think it was on the elite uh, album cycle where we toured three months back to back, no stopping. Like we, we did, yeah, we did 
a U.S. tour, a European tour, and then another U.S. tour right after that. Jesus. Yeah. After that, I was like, I can't do this anymore, guys. My voice is... And it took me like a good two, three weeks for my voice to come back. Just in time to go out on another tour. <laughs> but ever, ever since ever since then, we didn't... We hadn't really toured... I mean, we, we always toured hard, but not like that. That was, that was too much. <laughs> so you mentioned there there were some bands before... Within the ruins, um, mm-hmm. how was that period for you? Because that was obviously during high school, and then just just after high school. So, yep. were you kind of learning the ropes, or were you really giving it a go with any of these bands before you found within the ruins? Um, yeah, every band actually. I mean, when you when you find like minded people, you kind of just go for it, hope for the best. And uh, that's what I did. With, with Even in high school, we were like opening for these huge bands and getting a decent following, even though we had a terrible name. What was the name? <laughs> the name is Rotten Pain. Oh. <laughs> yeah, super bad. <laughs> but the music, I, I still listen to it today, and I'm like, yeah, we, we kind of had something here. It's not, it's not bad at all. But um, I guess... Uh, Right before Within the Ruins, I was in a band called She Is a Liar, mm-hmm. who I actually, that's who I met Within the Ruins through. Because we used to, like, before Within the Ruins was signed, we used to swap tour dates and tour with each other and, and keep in touch with each other all the time. So that's how I, that's how I got close with those guys. And once um, they released Creature in 2009, 2008, they didn't like their singer anymore. He was blowing his voice out every night. He wasn't good live or anything like that. And she's a liar at the time was kind of falling apart. So the, they called me up and they're like, Hey, do you want to do this? We know you, we know you're good. I was like, my bags are packed. And <laughs> 10 years later, a million tours across the world, you know, was were, were you nervous about, you know, jumping across to, because creature was, they were on a label, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you'd say they were starting to make a name for themselves yet, but, you know, being signed to a decent label is quite a thing, and you're coming in on this already set mm-hmm. kind of thing. Were you nervous? Were you? Was there any anticipation about, well, I better fucking smash this as a home run? Or Yeah, pretty much. I was pumped. I was like, well, this is what I've been working for the whole time, so I'm going to go out there and fucking kill it. And uh, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. You you came in and it seemed seemed very seamless. And mm-hmm. you you came in and then you know there was Invade was the first album you were on. Um, mm-hmm. How was this period? Were you guys gigging a lot? Were you starting to make a name for yourselves in the industry and scene in America? Yeah, hundred percent. From right when I, because Creature came out and I joined like a month after, mm-hmm. something like that. So I did all the touring for, for that album. And we did a lot of touring for for that and Invade. The touring cycles are huge on those records. And that was like our proving grounds time. It was like, you know, we, we took every tour offer we got, mm-hmm. you know, whatever whatever amount of money it was. We didn't care. We took it. We did it. We killed it. And that, that gained a lot of respect um, out of people in the industry, especially because we were on Victory Records, mm. which is another point. 
uh, a lot of people didn't want to work with us because we were on Victory. A lot of managers, a lot of booking agents. Yeah, really? It's a, it's a huge stigma about Victory. Well, I can say it now that the owner of the label is a fucking prick. No one wants to work with him at all. Ooh. So what? Was he? <laughs> yeah. Was was that how he was treating you guys, or was that just how he was treating everyone every, else? Every band. Every band. Well, at, at, at first, they, they treated us fine. Mm. They treated, every, every, everything was good, but... Right before the third record was when some contract stuff came up, and we had, we had the option to leave. And then there's a whole legal battle. I don't want to get into it, but that's when uh, that's when stuff got bad between us and Victory. But prior to that, when we were touring on in, uh, Invade and Creature, yeah, a lot of a lot of booking agents didn't want to work with us because they'd have to go through Victory or you know, yeah. So it was it was tough for us for the first couple of years there but um you know we, we proved ourselves to to not be shitheads i guess because mm. a lot of victory bands can can be like that um and yeah yeah from there it just kind of we grew respect in the industry and it went from there i think also during that time that was when you guys started to you know because a lot of people like to label the music especially now, mm-hmm. and they did then. And you guys, I think because you're on Victory, I think some people were just labeling you Deathcore. They weren't really possibly yeah. giving it a go. And I think around Elite was when you guys started to really kind of destroy any of that connotation of that that tag. Um, yeah. Was this around the time you guys you, th- you were starting to now get more of a chance because you're breaking away from victory or you're trying to break away from victory um Mm -hmm. did you just have to force people to give you a go or is it just constantly like come and watch us play and then maybe you'll understand uh yeah it was kind of like you know come and see and you'll you'll see what's up we we always classified ourselves as a metal band we still do Mm. we did back then um and yeah we we perform like a metal band and that's our attitude live and when we're creating music. So it finally, I mean, it's, it's people are going to sub genre you however they want. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you say, but uh, a lot of people started to be like, no, this is, this isn't death core. This isn't, you know, hmm. gents, you know, this is, this band is just sick. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, in 2014, I remember you having to drop off a Whitechapel tour. Now, yeah. at the time, you know, I went back and double-checked some things and see what was said. But at the time, it just said that you had heart and liver uh, complications at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can say as much or as little as you want, but was this the period that things started to take a turn for your health a bad, down a bad path? Um, yes and no, because I have, um, I have high blood pressure mm-hmm. and I didn't know it because throughout my entire twenties, I never saw a doctor ever. ever. I didn't have, I didn't have health insurance or anything. Um, so at that time I was going through a pretty rough breakup and I was drinking a lot and I was partying a lot, not eating right. I was taking a lot of workout supplements, going to the gym all the time, just being very unhealthy. And uh, it kind of all came to a head on that tour right before that tour where um, we'd be playing and I would get this stabbing pain in my side. 
and uh, I had to go to the hospital one day, and they were like, "Yeah, your blood pressure is fucked right now." Like, and and upon further looking into it, my blood pressure had been so high for so long that it caused my heart to dilate, which caused uh, a bunch of blood to rush into my liver more than it could keep up with. That's where the pain was coming in. And, um, yeah, we had to drop off that tour. I had to get on medication and fix myself, basically. Fuck. So, uh, yeah. it's the classic. I mean, I think I'm guilty of the same. I never go to the doctor. Um, but mm-hmm. in Australia, it's for different reasons because I don't like uh, doctors. Um, we, right. we have a right. different medical system. Um, mm-hmm. But was, was this kind of the start of the wake-up call for you not only for your physical health, but obviously your mental health, because you were obviously tracking yourself down a bad path mentally as well. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, um, from there it, you know, I got better for a while and, um, things were good. I was living on my own in, in New York back where I grew up and things were really good. And then recently, um, I would like the, the whole touring and everything. It was, it was just getting to me. I, I, I just was just like, I, I don't think, I don't know how much longer I can do this physically, mentally, financially, mm. everything. So that was a really stressful point for me. And, uh, what happened last year, I basically did what I did before. And I, you know, I drank myself into the hospital again, basically is what happened. Cause I was so stressed out about what am I, what am I going to do? Like I got a bunch of people counting on me, this, this and that. And, uh, it happened in the middle of a tour and I had to leave my guys out in the middle of a headliner. Cause the doctor was like, absolutely not. No, you, you can't go back into that life. Like you'll, you'll, you'll have a stroke or something, you know? So, I mean, where's, was there another trigger point for you to start? drinking again because if you're starting to get healthy again um and then you just decide you know don't decide but you start declining was there a trigger mm-hmm. to make that happen for you or did it just happen no, it's it it just the touring lifestyle like it's it's all well, drinking every day as much as you don't want to drink every day like mm. it's there the party atmosphere will always be there that coupled with no sleep you know we, we drive ourselves when we tour in the states usually like it was just uh, my body tapping out, basically, being like, "Dude, you're 33. You can't, you can't do this anymore." Mm-hmm. And that, that was my my body's way of telling me, "Hey, uh, I think it's time for you to to hang it up right now." So I had to, I had to listen. I had to listen to my body. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, obviously, fortunately as well, because you're looking. Fortunately as well. Yeah, because yeah, you're looking <laughs> you're looking healthy, and you know. Um, oh, I'm the, I'm the best I've ever been now. It's, Health, health wise, every, every everything wise, everything's really good right now. So obviously, you know, I'm, I know this kind of thing because I'm a recovering alcoholic myself. I used to, <laughs> you know, I drink a liter of spirits a day, um, right? And, and then I go to work, I come home, I smash another liter, and I was doing this for <laughs> years on end. I was having liver pain, but through alcohol poisoning, basically. Right. Um, do you now avoid? alcohol or is it something that you've now got control of it's, it's definitely something i have a handle on mm-hmm. like i'll i'll have like like during the week i don't really drink 
mm-hmm. unless I'm like going to like a like a Ranger game or some special event is ha- happening. I don't, I don't really drink during the week. Um, one one night a week, I'll go out with friends and have a good time. But rarely ever do I get like shit wasted anymore, mm-hmm. which is good. And I notice the immediate difference in doing that. Like I feel much better. I wake up with energy in the morning. Like I have motivation to go do stuff. <laughs> it's nice. It's a, it's a very good feeling. It's quite it's quite crazy how everything can change once you um, stop doing that. It, it's something yeah. people don't tell you either. Um, yeah. Were you finding that you weren't eating? Were you not sleeping while it was all going on? Because obviously, being on a tour, you don't eat and sleep properly anyway. So yeah, yeah, that 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 goes without saying. Like eating shitty and not sleeping, yeah. sleeping in a moving vehicle. <laughs> In any capacity is terrible, but doing it every day, yeah, it'll, it'll get to you. Now the thing is, like it's, the thing is, like you kind of have to get drunk to fall asleep sometimes, um, especially if you're not staying in town after a show, like at a hotel or something. And if you're driving through the night to the next show, like you're not sleeping unless you're kind of fucked up on something. That's crazy. That's yeah. That's bad, isn't it? That's oh. It's bad. Yeah, it's very. I don't know how. I don't know how straight edge bands do it. They no, really don't. <laughs> no, they, they. I think they get even kudos more credit. Um, yeah, kudos to them. So, you, can we talk about when you pull had to pull the plug? Now, obviously, you had to pull a plug because of the health issues and mm-hmm. touring things, but fuck, that's got to be hard. I mean, you were in the band for ten years, or it was on that ten yeah. year borderline. Um, yeah. did you think maybe you could change things around in lifestyle and schedules to make it work or is it literally, I just have to leave? Yeah, it was just kind of, it just kind of came to a head wow. and that was, uh, that was like, a it was like a, a definitely a sobering moment mm. <laughs> in every sense of the word, you know? And it sucks because the rest of my guys, they they still wanted the tour and it was heartbreaking for me, but I, I had a talk with them and I was just like, I, I can't, I don't want to put that situation, put that, put you guys in that situation ever again. And it, if I had a feeling like if, if I continued, there'd be a chance for that, that could happen, you know? So, I mean, did you, did you kind of give them fair warning or is it just kind of, Oh like- yeah, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And did you help with the recruitment of the fill-in? Because I know that you said that you you backed him heavily when he came in. Yeah, um, Steve, I think. Yeah, his he, name. Was, he, he was always my first choice if anything ever happened to me, even if it was like five years ago. He was he was always my first choice. So, and he's out there killing it right now with them. They're on tour with Azalea Dying right now. Now, um, you're obviously still friends with the guys. So yeah, that... I talk to him. I talk to him on like a weekly basis. So, I mean, I noticed, uh, I think you were at a show that they played with Azalea Dying not long ago, like the other week or something. Um, mm-hmm. How How's that for you going and watching that? You know, it, it's not going to watch a band. You're going to watch the band that you had to step away from. Was that, you know, was that a hard moment? Was it kind of a, a aha moment? What was it like for you? I, I didn't. I haven't seen them live yet. Oh, you haven't? I thought you uh-huh. had. No, no, they're on the West Coast. They didn't, they didn't come to New York. Oh, are you going to go yeah. see them? When they come around again, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go see them. Are you, it's, are, it's you been... are you excited to do that or are you nervous to do that? I don't know. Um, I got mixed feelings. I love them. I want to see them. I miss them every day. But as far as 
sitting out and seeing him <laughs> seeing him play a full set, set without me. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that'll be a question for another time after it happens for sure. Um, now, something I know you've said is music's not dead. Um, no. But obviously, the touring side of thing is probably dead. Is that, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, is this going to be yeah. something you're doing? I, is I it mean, a project or? Yeah, I'm working with uh, some individual. I can't announce yeah. anything yet, obviously, yeah. but... Um, these guys have been in touring bands as well, bands that we've toured with. And um, they're just, you know, they have families and jobs and normal lives, and they just want to make some heavy music and play some play some shows around the Northeast every now and then. So, if, if it comes to that, we'll see. No no promises, but that's something that we, we had talked about and we're all cool with. So hopefully that, that comes, to, uh, comes to fruition. Because I definitely want to get back on stage. I, I itch every day. <laughs> Well, so, so it's just, so basically it will be something recorded with possible live shows thrown in there yeah. every now and then. Yeah. Mostly, mostly like a, like an internet band, studio band yeah. type thing. And then if, if it's well received and people want to see us play, then we'll, we'll go out and make that happen. Um, do we expect music? early next year or is it still quite a way off until i have no idea I'm, i've only written one song so far <laughs> one song <laughs> but uh yeah one song so far i'm, I'm going uh, to track some stuff uh early next month mm -hmm. and uh yeah we'll just take it from there there's no rush with any of us right now so we'll we'll take it as it comes you're excited very excited to see what is next in your musical chapter now wanted to ask you know, you said there earlier at the piece about, you know, how everything has to change financially. So mm -hmm. what do you do now as an ex-musician who steps out of the full-time touring schedule? Mm -hmm. What have you done? Have you found it easy to fall on your feet or has it been something that you've had to do a couple of things here and there to try and find something you want to do? Um, it's It's been, well, while I was still touring, I was driving for Uber. Mm -hmm. and lift and that was like a saving grace because it's it's pretty good money especially for the, the area that i live in um so i continued to do that and that you know put immediate money in my pocket you know built my bank account up pretty nice and uh in between that i was kind of like well, i don't really know what i want to do yet i don't want to jump into anything that i'm just going to be like blah about so i did some some session studio work here and there for a couple of bands that have been asking me to do guest vocals and stuff. So that's kind of kept me busy here and there. Um, there is another, I started a new career, but I can't really announce anything yet because I have to get certified and all that. Uh, it's, it's in the tattoo world though. So because nice. <laughs> my, my, my lady, she's a, she's a very, um, well-renowned tattoo artist. So I've been kind of getting into the, the tattoo industry and doing, um, what should we call it? I've been doing um, a lot of tattoo conventions, working your table, networking and stuff. And uh, yeah, we're actually, we're going to be in New Zealand next weekend hey. at the uh, the New Plymouth Tattoo Convention. Oh, so fuck. my first first trip to kind of down under. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. New Zealand is a beautiful. Beautiful country. I think the weather won't shock you because, you know, if you come to Australia, it will shock you because New Zealand's, yeah. it's not cold, it's not warm, it's just kind of in the middle. 
outside. Just kind of in the middle, yeah. Well, it's it snowed here in New York City today, so. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. um, I've got to say that that would have been very difficult. I think it, the transition of having to be just a musician and that's what you're doing and then have mm-hmm. to find your feet. It's kind of like, in some ways, it's probably not a perfect analogy, but it's like a sportsman. He, he plays his entire career and then as soon as he yeah. retires, he needs to find something else. Um, were you worried about just finding a job that you don't like and you're stuck in it for the rest of your life? Uh, kind of yes, kind of no. I was in limbo for a while and it, it was kind of frustrating. Um, and all the power to, to my lady because she was, you know, she had my back through it all to kind of coach me through and be like, no, things are going to be good. You're not going to you just, you know, just be at a humdrum job and hate your life. That's not going to happen. Um, so after I got over that, I was just kind of keeping my eye out for stuff. And the thing that I'm doing, not fell into my lap, but it, it kind of did. And I'm pretty stoked on it. Yeah, fuck but yeah. Um, they say, they say if you're going to be a, uh, a musician, always have a plan B. Mm. Yes. Always have a plan B. <laughs> Um, because nowadays music is not guaranteed at all. Well, that that leads me into a thing I wanted to ask you about because you're you're the same age group as me, and you've seen um, the industry go from like you know it was all about the CD sales, and you could make a CD sale, and mm-hmm. you used to be able to pretty solid sell merch and these kind of things. To now where it's I don't think anyone really sells CDs anymore. Metal bands do, but not to the extent that they used to. Yeah, hard, hard, yeah die, die hard fans will buy the physical copy. But so where do you see the industry? The do you think it's good or bad? The, the industry is definitely in limbo right now as far as um, musicians making money, residual income. Um, definitely in limbo with the streaming and all that, they kind of have to figure out how to compensate musicians and and composers the way they would selling an album, like a physical album. It's, uh, I don't, it's going to go in the right direction. I just don't know when Mm. or how, (laughs) because I'm kind of out of the loop right now. I've been out of the loop for, for about a year. I hope that uh, musicians start getting, you know, getting their dues paid, you know, because a lot of people, us included, like we've, we've grinded so long and I have, I've never seen a royalty check. Really? Ever. Not one. (laughs) Shit. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen royalties from like radio play and, and, um, you know, uh, internet streaming and all that, but I've never seen anything from, uh, from a record sale not well, one dime that's fucking victory isn't it like you're on them for a long time uh victory yes but it's just the way everything goes like as, as far as like recouping what the label gives you it's all it's all fucked up so i mean <laughs> do, you, do you also think one one thing i think is now i think there's more pressure on a band to um stay relevant stay in people's ears because if you're not mm-hmm. if you're not dropping a new music video or a new song in six months they will all switch off go on spotify and listen to some band from austria oh yeah people's attention spans nowadays are terrible it's it's insane 
That's why bands are putting out an album every year and a half to two years now, as opposed to, you know, bands would used to put out an album once every five years. Mm. It's crazy. People, even, 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 even at that time span, it's, it, people forget about it. Yeah. I'm guilty of it because there's so much stuff, so much, so much coming at you all the time. There's like a new record out every week. And then, yeah, you just, you just forget about stuff until a band comes around on tour, which is good. That's why bands have to tour their asses off on on these releases and then get right back into the studio. There's like no time for downtime anymore because people will for, literally forget about you. But uh, how was it when you guys were playing? Because I heard something recently that in America particularly that nowadays um, when you play a show at a venue, I know it's been a year or so since you have, but mm-hmm. the venue takes cut of your merch now yeah that is that something that's always been going on or is that something that's relatively new in the scene no it's been especially in the states it's been going on for a while um mainly bigger venues bigger tours they usually will take like a 10 percent cut or a 15 percent cut of your um of your merch yeah it's it's it sucks every time i would see that it'd be like we're already given 10 percent to to uh to management mm. and we already have to pay this enormous merch bill it's like what <laughs> what gets left over for us you know it's uh if you have if you have the right merch guy he'll, he'll work it in your advantage but in general i don't i don't agree with it it's especially con- when shows are like sold out and the bar is hopping like it's com- it's confusing to me um, as an Australian that you know the venue gets the bar as you said mm-hmm. um, they yeah. probably get a cut of they probably get a cut of the door um, yeah why who says they're entitled to a fucking cut of the merch because the merch is where the band makes the money everyone knows yeah. that that's where you make your coin that's, that's fucking yeah. confusing yeah it's it's pretty wild it's pretty wild. It wouldn't happen. But, uh, yeah. Fuck. There's, there's ways, there's ways around it, which I won't disclose, you know, <laughs> but, uh, I don't want to get anyone in trouble or anything, but sell, sell your merch in the car park afterwards. Uh, yeah, you could do that too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't advocate that, but you know, yeah, it's, you could. It's, things, things have happened. <laughs> um, now, the last thing before we kind of start wrapping things up is along that line of um, record industry is this weird culture of we went from MySpace to Facebook and um, mm-hmm. keyboard warriors and people, you know, thinking that, you know, they have an argument over an opinion now. It's no longer just opinion. It's just an argument. And it's becoming very, yeah. very vicious, very negative. Um, in a band, when you're there in that kind of thing going on, do you find it easy to switch off and ignore that stuff? Or is it hard to not then go, I just wonder how many people, what they've said on this YouTube video, I'm just going to have a look. (laughs) Uh, it's easy to switch it off and not care. That's the best road to take, honestly. But sometimes you kind of want to see what people are saying. Mm. Um, and luckily, for within the ruins, we never really got that much hate ever on the internet. So 
every time I did look, it was just to see like how people are digging it. Mm. You know, you get you get the shithead comment every now and then, but for the most part, it's it's been pretty pretty respectful for us. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. Sometimes I'll read my friends' bands' comments, and I'm like, oof. <laughs> <laughs> How do you deal with this? <laughs> We've never had hate like that. But um, but yeah, if if you can, to anyone out there listening, if you can, try to block out the noise for sure and just stay focused on your crafts. Now, uh, how was the outpour? This is the last thing I'll ask about this before we finish is how was the reaction when you left Within the Ruins? Like, Were people hitting you up on social media and you know giving you lots of love? I mean, was there oh, an yeah. outcry? Yeah, no, nothing but love. I, I, I still get hit up to this day, and it's been a year. Uh, well, no, we, we announced that I was leaving February. earlier this year. Mm. So since, yeah, since February. Uh, yeah, I, I still get hit up all the time. Uh, it's very, uh, it's very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Heartwarming. It's very heartwarming. Yeah, heartwarming, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, Tim, before we wrap things up, I gotta say, first off, um, really excited for whatever, whatever musical thing happens. Um, Thank you, sir. I really, yeah, loved everything you did in Within the Ruins. Love Halfway Human. It was one hey. of my favorite albums of 2017. Um, oh yeah. We do on this on the podcast before we finish. I do a segment called Pick Your Poison. Now, mm-hmm. what I do is I give you two options. You pick your favorite of the two. You can give a reason or you can just state. Um, they okay. all, Some will be easy. Some will be hard. Okay? Okay. Right. We're going to start things off. Would you prefer a pizza or a burger? Pizza. Okay. Oh, we found that one easy. Okay. New Yorker. Um, pizza all the way. <laughs> chicken or beef? Going to go with chicken. Clean protein. Okay. Would you prefer Chinese takeaway or Indian takeaway? That's a tough one. Um, I'll say Chinese. Okay. Would yeah. you prefer to have a beer or a whiskey? That also depends. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I'm just sitting down and just want to enjoy the beverage, definitely a whiskey. Let's just go with whiskey. We'll do we'll do a whiskey. Okay. Yeah. Would you prefer I do to, enjoy beer as well. <laughs> would you prefer to cook at home or go to a restaurant? Cook at home. Okay. Definitely. Go to the cinema or sit on the couch? Uh you know, recently we've recently we've been going to the cinema. There's a place called Alamo Draft House over here in New York City where they uh they bring food to you and you can drink. Oh wow! And, uh, yeah, it's it's like a full restaurant experience while you watch a movie, and the seats are super comfortable too. Awesome. So yeah, so I'd say I'd say going out. Now this one's interesting because it's snowing there. But would you prefer to go to the beach or go to the snow? Go to the beach, man. <laughs> it's, the, it's the first snow of the year, and I'm sick of it. <laughs> would you prefer to go surfing or skiing? Uh. I've never surfed, actually, so I'll go with ski. Oh, okay. Yeah. Skateboard yeah. or rollerblade? Rollerblade. I used to inline back in the day. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah I used to be a fruit booter. Fuck. Sick. How, yeah. wait, why did you stop? 
I dislocated my shoulder a shit ton of times. Ooh. So, yeah. <laughs> and I'm feeling it in my knees now. Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm in my 30s. <laughs> and you do. When you're in your 30s, everything starts to fucking hurt. I can't get over yeah, it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, PS4 or Xbox? Uh, PS4. I don't have an Xbox. I have a PlayStation, so. Okay. Let's go with that. Cat or dog? Um, uh, funny story about that because I'm, I grew up a dog guy my whole life. Never really liked cats, but we got a cat a couple months ago, and now I'm totally a cat dad. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what to say. Right Just, now we have a cat. So I guess you're, you're uh, I guess cats your preference because well, yeah, it must be. Yeah, we 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 have a little New York City apartment, so we can't really get a dog right now, but we will eventually. So we'll say yeah. cat for the time being. Cat for the time being, yeah. Okay, now we're going to get into some comic book and movie ones, okay? Okay. Batman or Superman? Batman. Okay. Wolverine or Deadpool? Um, like, who would win the fight, or who's who's my favorite? Who's your favorite? Wolverine. Who would win? I the, love Deadpool, too. I got them both fight? tattooed on me. Who would win in a fight? Uh, I, I gotta say Wolverine. Yeah. And the comics I've seen, at least. Yeah. He, they, they both they both fucking win. They, 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 <laughs> it's it's a real hard one that one. Yeah. Um. Now the next one I know you recently got a tattoo of, so I think you'll probably give this one. But Spider Man or Venom? Yeah, I did just get Venom tattoo, but I want Spider Man on there too. I'll do Spider-Man in honor of Stanley. Oh, nice. Okay. Now we're going to get into some movie ones. Terminator or Predator? Predator. Always. Have you seen the recent one? No, I haven't. I have to watch it. But whenever Predator is on TV, if I turn on the TV and Predator is on, I leave it on 100% of the time. I watch the whole thing. Yes. It's classic. Even if I have plans to go out. Like, Predator's on. <laughs> I'll meet you guys in an hour later than I said. <laughs> um, Rambo or Rocky? Rambo. Okay. Freddy or Jason? I'll go Freddy. Okay. James Bond or Jason Bourne? James Bond. He's the OG. He is. Um, Star Wars or Star Trek? Fuck Star Trek. Star Wars all day. <laughs> I was never into the track, man. I never got it. Never understood it. No one's ever picked that. Everyone always picks Star Wars. I, I, I yeah. haven't had anyone yet. Um, Star Wars all day. <laughs> South Park or Simpsons? South Park. Okay. Huge South Park. Sylvester Stallone or Arnie? Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. A couple of music ones. Corn or Limp Bizkit? Corn. Okay. Hands down. Slayer or Pantera? Pantera. Cannibal Corpse or Black Dahlia Murder? That's a tough one. It's funny because Trevor lives like one neighborhood over from me in Brooklyn. No, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll say Black Dahlia. Just in case. Trevor's my dude. <laughs> yeah, just in case he's watching. <laughs> uh, Metallica or Megadeth? Uh, Metallica. Yeah. They're the, yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, Sabbath or Van Halen? Definitely Sabbath. Okay. Come on. 
Uh, would you prefer to go to a baseball game or an NFL game? And you're saying it with a Giants hat on, so. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Definitely a football game. Never really too much into uh, baseball too much. Um, mosh pit or up the back? Mosh pit or what? Or up the back, like standing away from the mosh pit just watching the show. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely watch the show now. Yeah. yeah. Depends how many drinks they get me. Sometimes I'll, uh, I'll get in there, but get <laughs> usually in there, not. <laughs> get in there for those one or two special songs. Yeah, I, I saw Behemoth uh, last weekend, and I crowd surfed for the first time in a long time. Fuck, so how would you feel the next yeah. day? I was fine. I only went over once. No one dropped me, so I was, oh. it was fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, do you prefer touring or recording? Uh, I'm trying to have the mindset of when I was all about it. I'll, I'll say touring. Okay. Touring. And when you're when you're all about it and you're having a great time, it's the best time of your fucking life. So. Now the last one is a triple one, and do you prefer CD, vinyl, or streaming? Hmm. I don't have something to play vinyl on. I'll, I'll say vinyl because it does sound the best. Mm. 100%. But in saying but, that, I don't know anyone that has a CD player anymore. I have one in my car. Well, there you go. But I don't even use that anymore because I just Bluetooth everything. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> Everything's changed. Yeah. It's, the game has definitely changed. Um, Tim, that's us, dude. Um, fucking legend, man. I really, really, really appreciate this, man. It's. Um, oh, yeah, man. Thank you for just taking time out and being a dude about everything. Yeah, man. It was a good time. Although I'm down to come on whenever, dude. Just let me know. Yeah.
So that was my chat with Tim, formerly of Within the Ruins, and you also heard there at the end the song from Within the Ruins called Beautiful Agony from their album Halfway Human. Make sure you go back and check out anything that Tim has done while in Within the Ruins. If you really want to get into an album in particular, I can't help but recommend Halfway Human or Phenomena, or Elite, pretty much anything Tim has been on in that band, you're not going to be disappointed. Make sure you get online, make sure you get down to your record store, make sure you support what that band has done, and they are pushing forward, so make sure you're still supporting them as they go forward. Thank you again, Tim, for taking time out for the show. Thank you so, so, so very much. Hopefully get to catch up and hang out soon, and also... Look forward to having you on a part two episode when you finally announce details of that upcoming project we spoke about. So that's it for the Mosh Zone episode 48, done and dusted, all wrapped up in the can, finished for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the new format and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget, you can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. So that's it for episodes in 2018. We will be back in 2019 with more guests, more content, and some big ideas on the way. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the purse.